Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm Heather Klug, registered dietitian with the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center. With me today is Bethany DeBrew Adams, our health communications coordinator. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Heather. I love how you like sing my name now. I know, don't I? It's so, kind of fun. Woohoo! We're talking about such a fun topic today. So, yeah, the fourth Tuesday in March is designated as Diabetes Alert Day. You didn't see that coming, alert, everyone. Alert! Alert! <laughs> it's a one-day wake-up call that focuses on the seriousness of diabetes and the importance of understanding your risk. So serious face on now. Yes, serious. Today we want to discuss the ins and outs of diabetes, how to spot risks and symptoms, and how you can prevent, control, and even reverse diabetes. Yeah, that's a big one. I don't know if people know, but we'll be talking about that later on, how you might be able to reverse it. Yes, so stay tuned. So let's start with what is diabetes and why does it matter? I mean, obviously, we know diabetes isn't good, so that's part of why it matters. But diabetes is a disease that occurs when the hormone insulin doesn't do its job of transporting glucose out of your blood and into your cells. Mm -hmm. So when this happens, it means your blood glucose, which is sometimes referred to as blood sugar, becomes too high, and that's when problems start to arise. And the why it matters is incidences of diabetes just keep going up in the U.S. Up and up and up. Oh, yeah. So this one's going to really, really hit you in the gut, everybody, because back in 1958, 0.93% of all people in America had diabetes. (laughs) A little less than 1%. Less than 1%. In 2015, that went up to 7.4%. And now more than 30 million Americans are affected by diabetes, and that's about 10% of the American population. 10.5% to be exact. Okay. (laughs) Call me a liar by 0.5%. But (laughs) So yeah, it just keeps going up. And we want to kind of work on reversing that trend. Yeah. Well, let's talk next about the three types of diabetes. And just to keep in mind, all types can be dangerous, right? Because they cause damage to multiple parts of your body. Right. So I'll start with type one. This occurs when your body, specifically the pancreas, doesn't produce insulin. This often occurs in childhood, and so sometimes type 1 diabetes is referred to as juvenile diabetes. Right. Although it can occur at any age. Right. So they've really been moving away from that term for the last few years. Right. They don't really call it that anymore. But it's, it's an autoimmune disorder, and it wipes out all of your beta cells that make that insulin. All right, next is type 2. I think the diabetes that probably comes to mind for most people, it's the most prevalent. This develops over time because your body is no longer responding to insulin the way it should. Mm -hmm. As the disease progresses, if it is not controlled, your body can lose the ability to produce enough insulin. Okay. And then the third type is gestational diabetes, and this occurs in pregnant women and often disappears after giving birth. However, about 50% of women who have gestational diabetes will develop type 2 diabetes later on in life. Yikes. And we've learned that 
this also increases risk for heart disease. Right. And gestational diabetes is one of those little red flags that tends to come up when women are pregnant. So just some quick facts about diabetes. Again, I want to mention that more than 30 million Americans are affected by diabetes. So about 1.5 million men and women are diagnosed with diabetes every year. And about 16.2% of women are estimated to have diabetes, whether they're diagnosed with it or not. So there's a lot of people out there who have it who don't know that they have it, and that can be dangerous. Yes. 84 million Americans are living with pre-diabetes, which we talked about in a prior podcast, which we'll link to. This means that they're at risk of developing diabetes in the future. But the thing to note about prediabetes is that 90% of people who have it aren't even aware that they have it. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death and is often unreported. So women with diabetes have a higher risk of heart attack at a younger age than women who don't have diabetes. And women with diabetes have five times the risk of developing heart disease as women without diabetes. So women are hit really hard when they turn diabetic. That is true. It's harmful for both, but it's even more harmful for women, sadly. All right, let's talk next about the main risk factors for type 2 diabetes. And why just type 2 diabetes? We focus on type 2 diabetes because type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disorder and risk factors are not modifiable, right? Right. Like genetics, family history of the disease, and age. And geography, I learned. Oh, yes, that's true. While type 2 risk has some modifiable risk factors, some of the main risks can be modified. Okay, so the first risk we'll talk about is obesity. Being overweight or having obesity is the main risk for type 2 diabetes. Right. Along with this, we've talked about this before on previous podcasts, storing fat mainly around your midsection. That's me. (laughs) Unfortunately. As, As opposed to your hips and thighs puts you at a higher risk. If you're a woman, a waist measurement about 35 inches or larger means a heightened risk. Okay. The second risk factor is age. So like a lot of other issues, risk of diabetes increases with age, specifically once you are over the age of 45. Mm -hmm. The next risk factor is family history of diabetes. Probably Mm -hmm. no surprise here. Right. But if your mother, father, sister, or brother develop type 2 diabetes your risk for developing it as well is increased. Right. Next, we have inactivity. So again, this shouldn't be surprising. The less active you are, the more your risk increases. Physical activity actually helps to not only control your weight, but it uses up glucose as energy, so it gets it out of your blood, and it makes your cells more sensitive to insulin, which sounds like a bad thing, but is actually a good thing. Right, right. All right, blood lipid levels are also a risk factor. An increased risk is associated with low levels of HDL, cholesterol. The good stuff. Good, or I always think of it as healthy. Right. H is healthy. And high levels of triglycerides, another type of fat in your blood. So especially when you have both of those, a low HDL and high triglycerides. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And finally, we have race and ethnicity. So it's not really clear as to why people of certain races have a higher risk of diabetes, but people who are Black, Hispanic, Native American, Asian, and Pacific Islanders are all at a higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes, unfortunately. Yeah. 
All right. If you are a woman, you have some unique risk factors for type 2 diabetes. No kidding. Right? <laughs> I know. So the first one is having polycystic ovary syndrome, also known as PCOS, and this can cause insulin resistance. About half the women with this issue will develop diabetes. Yikes. The second one is suffering from depression. So people who are depressed have elevated levels of stress hormones like cortisol, and that can lead to problems with glucose or blood sugar metabolism. It can also increase insulin resistance and make you accumulate more belly fat. Mm. Fun stuff. Cortisol is a nasty hormone. I know. And women, unfortunately, tend to suffer from depression at higher numbers than men do. So that's why their risk is also increased with this depression mark. All right, next thing to talk about, signs and symptoms we should all look out for when it comes to diabetes. All right, okay? hit me. All right, so increased thirst, like you are thirsty a lot of the time. Right, and it's more than, oh, I feel like I need a drink of water. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is out <laughs> of the ordinary, like you're just drinking almost nonstop pretty okay. much, right? And then frequent urination. Which makes sense. <laughs> Well, I know if you're drinking more, right? (laughs) But it it also means you're spilling out usually like glucose and sometimes protein in your urine, actually. So your body has to, that blood sugar is nowhere to go. It's got to go somewhere. Right. Okay. Along with this unintended weight loss. But I want to point out it's like rapid weight loss. And you haven't been focusing on losing weight. So if you are all of a sudden losing like 10 pounds or 20 pounds in a month. Right. And you weren't trying to, that's a sign you could have diabetes. Right. The next one is fatigue. So again, kind of thrill. You're tired all the time. Blurred vision is another big one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then frequent infections. We'll talk about a couple of those in just a moment. And then usually you don't heal well from those infections, too. And then numbness or tingling in your hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is areas of darkened skin, usually in the armpits and the neck. Right. And they describe it as like feeling velvety almost yeah. in what I've read. So, And now let's go on to women because, again, women have some unique symptoms that men might not necessarily see. And it starts with vaginal itching and or pain, as well as vaginal or oral yeast infections. Really fun stuff, of course. Mm. So you sometimes get an overgrowth of a specific fungus, which is known as Candida albicans, and that can lead to vaginal yeast infections or oral thrush. Mm -hmm. Um, Also UTIs, urinary tract infections. Diabetic women tend to experience those more often because the excessive glucose in their mm-hmm. urine is a breeding ground for bacteria growth. Yeah. So fun again. Yuck. And finally, decrease in sex drive and pain during sex. So you could have a lower libido along with problems like decreased sexual response and orgasm decreased sensation, and also vaginal dryness. And these things can all develop as a result of diabetes as well. Okay, so we talked about the types of diabetes, how prevalent it is Mm -hmm. and how it's increasing. We talked about risk factors for everybody and specific ones for for women. women. So next, how do you get checked for diabetes? Right. So there's a few different ways. The first one we're going to talk about is an online assessment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Since prediabetes has no symptoms, certain metrics like weight and blood pressure are really good indicators of diabetes risk. 
So we're going to go through what's called the American Diabetes Association online test. We'll put that in the show notes, right? Right. So you can go to that. I also have a printed version here too. So it consists of seven questions and each answer gets you between zero to three points. So I'm just going to go through the questions they ask you. So the first one is, how old are you? Okay. So you start picking up points once you turn 40, just so you know. so it's a little lower. (laughs) Yeah, and 50s is two points. Your 60s and older is like three points, just to give you an idea there. Are you a man or a woman? If you're a man, you get one point. This is the only time where we actually don't get any points. So if you're Yay! female, I don't know why, but you don't get any points. And the lower, we should mention, the lower the number of points you get, the better. Oh, yeah, yeah. This isn't one of those where you want a lot of points. It's like golf. You want a lower score on this yes, one. Yes. Third question. If you are a woman, have you ever been diagnosed with gestational diabetes or given birth to a baby weighing nine pounds or more? So yes is one point. No is zero points. Question four, do you have a mother, father, brother, or sister with diabetes? So if you marked yes, that's one point. If you marked no, zero points. Question five, have you ever been diagnosed with high blood pressure? Yes is one point. No is zero points. Okay. Six, are you physically active? Yes, zero points. No, one point. Okay. Okay. And then the last one is what is your weight category? So on this printed version, they have like a kind of like a weight chart. And it goes by height and how much you weigh. So people will have to kind of look that one up. But basically, if you have a BMI under 25, you're going to have, you know, zero points, right? Right. If you're in the overweight category, you're going to have one point. If you're in the obese category, it's two points. And if BMI gets really high, you might have three points there. Right. So the heavier you are for your weight, the more points you're going to have. So then you calculate all those up. Mm -hmm. And if you have more than five points, you go see a doctor. You make an appointment (laughs) with your doctor and say, I did this diabetes risk test and I scored five points or more. Right. So they can get you checked out and go through everything they need to with you. All right. Well, that leads into the next way to kind of monitor yourself for these issues, and that's to look out for symptoms and log them. So obviously, if you've taken the online assessment, like you said, and you've gotten five points or higher than that, this is a good time to kind of look at yourself and go, okay, am I having any symptoms that seem out of the ordinary for me? Mm So if you're noticing any that have developed recently, call your doctor, set up an appointment, and then in that time before your appointment, keep a log of these symptoms. When are you having them? When are you noticing them? Do you remember when they started? Those kinds of things. Because that just gives your doctor more to go on, and they may end up recommending mm-hmm. testing. Yes, so leads into the next thing. So the third thing, if you're at an increased risk for diabetes, you can have lab tests done by healthcare professionals. So there are three. Don't main- go to just some guy who's yeah. just well, yeah. There are three main tests that physicians use to check for diabetes. First, I think a lot of people are familiar with the fasting glucose test. Right. So this is a test of your blood sugar levels taken in the morning before you have eaten. Usually you're fasting for at least four hours, but often Mm -hmm. it's an overnight fast. So there's usually closer to 12 hours. And keep in mind, this is a snapshot in time, right? It's a one-time test, but it can kind of help determine sort of. Right. It gives them a jumping off point. Yes, yes. Good way to put it. Second test is an oral glucose tolerance test. This one sounds unpleasant (laughs) because I don't know what that means. 
the beverage containing glucose. Yeah. Is well, vague. glucose is sugar, so right. it's pure glucose though, which surprisingly is not super sweet. Believe really? Or not. Yeah. So drinking a beverage containing glucose and then having your blood glucose levels checked every thirty to sixty minutes for up to three hours. Ooh. And so in most people, after two hours, your blood sugar levels should have come back down, right? right? So they go up after you eat, but within two hours, they come back down. They should be under 140 after the two-hour mark. Okay. So in this test, they're tracking it up to three hours, and if it's still above that 140 mark, that indicates something is off. Right. Like your body's just not using that glucose up like it right. should. Mm-hmm. So that two hours is, pardon the pun, the sweet spot. Ooh, good way to put that too, Bethany. You're just on it today with the puns. <laughs> All right. Last test to talk about is called the hemoglobin A1C test, sometimes just called A1C. Mm-hmm. This is a blood test that shows your average blood sugar levels for the past two to three months. So the fasting glucose is that snapshot, mm-hmm. right? This is averaging it again over a few months. And if it's a 5.7 to 6.2, that's the prediabetes range. Mm -hmm. If it's above 6.3%, then you're considered to have type 2 diabetes. Okay. Okay. Which brings us to how you can lower your risk for diabetes. So obviously, you're going to want to do some things that are the opposite of the risk factors that we mentioned. So that starts off with being more physically active. And Mm -hmm. we talk about this all the time. We are legitimately recommending this pretty much in every podcast. Mm -hmm. You want to engage in at least 30 minutes of moderate intensity activity at least five days a week. And you don't have to do all 30 minutes all at once. You can break it down. Yeah. In fact, let me give you guys a really good tip. If you can do this with your schedule, this is what's been shown in some research studies to be really effective Mm -hmm. and better at lowering your A1C levels that I just talked about. That 30 minutes Bethany was just mentioning, you take that and you divide it into three and actually walk for 10 minutes after your three main meals for the day. Okay. And they found that compared to doing 30 minutes all at one time, Mm -hmm. doing the 10 minutes after each of those three meals actually lowers your A1C levels much more effectively. Really? Yeah, and it kind of makes sense because your blood sugar levels are going up after you eat. So if you exercise during that time, they're going to bring them down much better. See, now I would like to recommend that this is good for dog walkers (laughs) out there because in my house, that's usually when the dog gets walked. We finish dinner. Before we clean up the kitchen, we take the dog for the evening yeah. walk. My husband takes him out after breakfast. I don't do that because I'm a woman and I have to get ready in the morning. So <laughs> you guys are good. <laughs> we okay. try. All right. So the next thing to help lower your risk for diabetes, this is a big one, lose weight and keep it off. That Keep it off is the, the little, you know. How do you keep it off? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Okay, recent research published in Diabetic Medicine shows people who lost 10% of their body weight in the first five years following a type 2 diabetes diagnosis were more than twice as likely to put the disease into remission than those who maintain their weight. Wow. Remember we talked about reversing diabetes before? Mm-hmm. So this is one of the big things to really help with that. Okay? And 10% of your weight I mean, it's not unheard of to be able to do that. No, if you it's weigh, not a ton of... If you weigh 200 pounds, that's 20 pounds right. to lose, right? And if you're doing that smart, one to two pounds a week minimum 
even one pound a week. Yeah. Half a pound a week. I mean, it adds up. Right. It's not going to take you more than six months to get that done. Mm -hmm. The interesting part about that study, if I may add, the first study that was done where they initially did the strict diet. So these people were put on, I believe it was a liquid diet for three months, I want to say, at the very beginning. So they were being monitored extremely closely. But there was a 2019 study done where people were told to diet. They had to lose the same amount of weight, but they Mm -hmm. didn't have to follow any particular diet or any particular exercise plan. And they had similar outcomes. Okay. So that's good news. So just losing the weight Just was losing the weight does it. It doesn't really matter necessarily as long as you're being healthy about right. it. We'd I like you say. to do a yeah. healthy Don't do anything thing. scary, yeah. but. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So and diabetes is, it can be reversed. Just yes. to point that out. And if you can, the best place to catch it is when you're in that pre-diabetes stage when things right. are just starting to not work sort of correctly, right? Because then you're not going to get the damage done. Right, because you're going to reduce a lot of that, yeah, that damage to like your nerves and things like that. Right. So, Okay, next thing to talk about, you were kind of mentioning, you know, specific diets, but nutrition plays a big role in certainly reducing risk for diabetes. So Mm -hmm. eating a healthy, balanced eating plan. Choose foods rich in healthy fiber. Fiber is really key here. So a couple pieces of fruit each day, lots of low-star vegetables, fit in a little bit of whole grains, those beans, peas, and lentils, right? Mm -hmm. Try to watch the fat a little bit and then keep calories sensible. Makes sense to me. And finally, the last bit is know your family health history. And I think this is something that previous generations didn't always do as much just because the conversations around health were very different. And now we're being a little more open about what we're all going through. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know if anybody in your family has diabetes... Ask somebody. Yeah. Moms are a great source of information for a lot of these things. You know, you could have a nice conversation and just (laughs) slip that in there. I would think that usually comes up if it's a holiday with food in it. Right. Oh, by the way, as we're cracking into this pie, does anybody have diabetes? Is that what you're thinking? (laughs) I just feel like it comes up in conversation. Yeah. I think the the more older folks you have in your family, the more you're talking about health as the years go on. Yes. That is true. True. All right. Well, I hope you learned a lot about diabetes, all Mm -hmm. of you out there who are listening. We talked about how to prevent diabetes. How to reverse diabetes. Yes, or control diabetes, and then how to reverse it if you have it. All right. Again, check out that diabetes risk test. We'll put that in our show notes. So please check that out so you can see if you are at an increased risk for diabetes. So thank you for listening, everyone. As we always say, be the the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at Aronauts Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, recipes, and more, Visit our website at www.karenyantcenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Center and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, so and be sure to tell. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.